welcome to In My Mug episode 398 on Monday the 27th of June 2016. I am as always your host Stephen Layton. Welcome to the last of the format of this because it's going to be a bit different next week and definitely different for 400. And we're definitely going to be doing our last news. So the news. A new exclusive has been released on the website. It's from Costa Rica. Will not be any in my mug. It's a black honey. It's a very tiny lot. You won't see it anywhere apart from as an exclusive. And it comes in our lovely new packaging with a lovely card and all the rest of it. And I hope you uh, take a look at that and enjoy it. Um, there has been open day. It is happening. Tickets are for sale on the website. If you want to come by train, we are running a few trips backwards and forwards to the train station as well, so you can book that way. Or if you're driving yourself, then please come. Um, everybody is welcome. Uh, everybody who buys a ticket is welcome. Um, for your entry, you will get a beer. You will get a special coffee for coming as well. And we'll give you cuppings. We're going to have tours. We're going to have roasting demonstrations, espresso machine demonstrations, the lot. So uh, I look forward to seeing you on that one. And that was Focus On. Uh, now it's time for uh, Focus On, which this week is going to be on the ECX, which is the Ethiopian Commodity Exchange. So the Ethiopian Ethiopian, Ethiopian Commodity Exchange is um, a way that you buy coffee from Ethiopia. Uh, what happens is... Buyers in uh, sellers in uh, Ethiopia quite often don't have the organisation to sell their coffee. So what they do, they will deliver their coffee to somebody called an akrabi, who will buy the cherries from them. That akrabi may be attached to a mill, may be working for himself. Um, he will then take the cherries to his mill or to another mill that he pays to do that, and he will process those cherries, um, and he'll go through the whole process, which I'm going to talk about when we talk about the coffee. That coffee then gets delivered to a government. Uh, ECX kind of department where it is cupped by Q graders. So this is a, somebody who's trained in cupping. Um, they will cup and they will give it a grade, one, two or three, which is the washed, or four and five, which is the natural. Uh, and from this classification, uh, they will decide that this tastes like a Yergachev, this tastes like a Sadamo, uh, and they will give it that description. So it'll get to the auction as a Yergachev and no other information will be supplied to the washing station all of those things. Um, it's just that it tastes like this, it's this grade, it got this score, and send it to the exchange. Um, things like they'll cup, say they have a Sadamo, and they cup it and it tastes floral and lemon-like, things that are typically found in a Yergachev, which this week's coffee is. Um, it would end up being given a Yergachev, even though it is from Sadamo. Um, and it's crazy. It really just strips away all of the uh, traceability of the coffee. There are some ways around this. So for instance, when a coffee is delivered and it goes to the auction, you can kind of look at the lot size, what was delivered what day and work out. And that's how we worked out what this one is and where it's from. Um, but it's hard and it's difficult. There are some uh, direct contracts now that you can do. And um, in about a month's time, we have a coffee arriving from Ethiopia that I've done a direct contract on from a guy called Israel, uh, which is a natural. Um, and we were able to navigate around the ECX, but it's really difficult and really hard and lots of paperwork. Um, there's other problems with Ethiopia. So for instance, when I go to El Salvador, I'll work with four or five producers, consolidate a container and ship it out that way. Doesn't happen like that way in Ethiopia. You have to ship a whole container from one, ex one person, 
which is around about 260 bags. Um, this lot that we're working with Israel with, we bought 100 bags, um, but we piggybacked with another exporter, uh, importer, sorry, who was buying about 160 bags from him, so we've been able to consolidate together, but it's just so complicated and so difficult. There are some benefits to ECX. It means that the producer, as soon as that coffee is sold on the exchange, within 48 hours, the money goes into the seller's account. Um, and this was a lot of the reason why they did it, because people weren't getting paid for months and months, and there were some unscrupulous people that were taking advantage of the washing stations and producers. Um, it definitely has its pluses. Uh, I just don't like the way that it rips out all of the provenance and the history of the coffee. Um, but that's the system that we have to work in. And that was this week's Focus On. So this week's coffee we know is a washed Jurgachev. Um, we know that it's come from uh, Shelekatu, which is the washing station, because of our detective work with our magnifying glass. Um, Ethiopia has some of the most amazing coffees, and this one is a perfect example of why they are so good and why they're so distinctive. That Yurgachev profile they talked about in Focus On is very much prominent in this coffee. It is one of the most typical Ethiopians I think uh, I've ever come across. Um, it really is just the typical Yurg. Um, this coffee comes from around about 600 small holders, each owning around about two hectares of land. Normally their back garden or like where their house is, land surrounding their house. Um, they will tend to all of the plants, they will pick the cherries themselves, it will be very much a family affair. They'll then sell their coffees to the washing station or to an agrabi, um, who, uh, and, and then they'll get their money that way. Um, the, the cherries are then taken to the mill, in this case Shalekatu, uh, where they're sorted, so they're, things are fished out, make sure they're all ripe. Um, they're then uh, depulped, so they go through a depulping machine, the cherry is removed, the seed is then placed underwater for 36 to 48 hours, depending on the temperatures uh, on the farm at that time of the year, on the mill at that time of the year, um, and, uh, and left under. And what happens is the mucilage that's attached to the seed then breaks down, disappears into the, the water, and then it's, it, it's kind of washed one more time before it's then sorted again, um, and then uh, placed onto raised African drying tables. Um, that drying, the, 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 sorry, the fermentation time and the drying time varies quite dramatically because of the weather in Ethiopia. It really does whiz up and down. Um, I remember being on a mill at like eight o'clock at night, freezing cold with like two coats and a hat on, whereas a few hours earlier I'd been wearing t-shirts and shorts. It really does have these massive ups and downs. Um, the drying happens over seven to 14 days, depending again on that temperature. Uh, and it's taken off when it is when it reaches the humidity of 12%. Um, and then uh, it's taken to a dry mill where it's hand sorted uh, and then goes to the gets delivered to the ECX. Um, so we should do the facts. This is uh, an Ethiopian from the region of Yurgachev from the Kachere zone, which is near to the town of Shelekatu. Uh, the mill is called Shelekatu. The varietal, I have no idea. Um, we call them Ethiopian heirloom, and that means we haven't got a clue. Uh, but they are uh, traditional Ethiopian plants. Um, it is fully washed, uh, dried on raised beds, uh, grown at an altitude between 850 and 950 metres above sea level, with 600 farmers being part of it. Um, yeah, and that's it. So we should go now on to this week's Ma Bit 
which will probably be the last time we do a map bit in this format, which is kind of sad. Hello! Well, we get you again, but I won't drone on about the drone again this week. We'll just go up, up, up and away, and we'll go up to our lovely, lovely place that is Great Britain. And at this point, we normally go to the left, but we're not. We're going down and slightly to the right, and we're going to the birthplace of coffee, the home of coffee. We're going to Africa, and in spe- specifically down to the real birthplace of coffee, which is down into Ethiopia. So um, we can see at the top there, you've got Harar. That's a growing region that we haven't bought from for a while because we just haven't seen anything good. We're always keen on the stuff lower down. And here's the Steve's daft fact. Uh, Ethiopia has the largest per capita density of cap- cattle in Africa. Yeah, so more cows than somewhere that has a lot of cows. Um, anyway, let's get down into the uh, detail and mainly into the Yergachev region. Come on, map, catch up with me here. You can do, you can, you can do it. So that is the town of Yergachev, which there are numerous pictures of me hugging a sign. Uh, just search the internet for idiot hugging a sign. But we're looking at Chalekatu, um, and you can see that it's a tiny village. Um, it really is super small. We would not mention this in like Stafford. It would be like going to. Wheaton Aston or somewhere like that. And do you know where Wheaton Aston is? No, but we know where Chalekatu is because they have delicious tasting coffee. And that definitely helps us with uh, with selling this. The washing station is just on the outskirts of the town there. Um, and um, yeah, that wasn't too bad an Ethiopian map bit. It is now time for Roland's Daft Fact, which will be the last way, time that we do it this way, which will also be sad. But I think I might keep that too. Ababa is the highest capital city in Africa at 2,400 metres above sea level. But if, like Steve, you work in old money, that's 8,000 feet above sea level. There's no need to be rude, Roland. No need to be rude. Okay, gonna whap you on pause, gonna go and get tasting delicious drinks. Be back with you in just a second. Back. Coffee. Now, people who've watched this a few times may know that I don't like Kenyans in espresso because they're high acidity. But there's something about the high acidity of a yoga chef that I actually do like. Um, and I think that's because you get the florals, you get the lemon, the lemon citrus, but you also get like this black tea, which just kind of pulls it back down. Um, but super lemony, but in a really controlled and good way. That's a great espresso. Into the milk. Now, I'm not as pleased with it as a cap, and that's because the acidity gets muted down, the florals disappear, and you don't get so much of the black tea. So you're just getting an awful lot of milk and that, that coffee flavour doesn't really punch through, which is something I always look for in a cap. Probably not the best cap in the world. A great espresso and I know it's going to be amazing. Mm. It helps if I aim for my mouth. Yeah. With this one, it's just super citrus. Citrus, lemon, black tea. It's phenomenal. It, as a brewed coffee, it's so Ethiopian, it's so Yergachev. It's the stereotypical Ethiopian washed Yergachev. 
Um, I'm very, very proud and very, very pleased to have this coffee. And again, it's good to be working with it for a second year. Um, it's really good when we can kind of try and follow things up. Um, okay, that's me done. Thank you very much for joining me, um, as always. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee.